0: Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing.
1: Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities, from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman.
2: According to the website Sports Conflict Institute, like much of society, professional American sports were segregated in the first part of the 20th century, preventing Black athletes from competing with white athletes. In baseball, there were established Negro Leagues for non-white players through the early 1950s. The National Basketball League officially integrated in 1950. While professional football started with integration from around 1900 to the 1930s, the National Football League was completely segregated from 1934 to 1945. The degree to which these degrading segregation policies hurt Black communities in and outside of sports is immense, and not simply in the past. These official policies, explicit at the time, have affected communities in ways which have persisted through generations and still exist as more implicit racially segregated policies, says the author Mitchell Kiefer. Those examples in baseball, football, and the NBA are based on the history of segregation in the United States nationwide. What are the stories of sports segregation on a state level? What do we know about how African Americans and whites played sports for the first half or more of the 20th century in Kentucky. That's the focus of today's Think Humanities podcast. Voices of the segregated past will soon be featured at the Kentucky Humanities Museum on Main Street exhibit in Glasgow, Kentucky in April, and I'll have more on that later. First, three of the men who grew up in small communities playing basketball and other sports, members of teams while they were growing up in junior high and high school that were all Black, all African-American student bodies and sports teams. They are Clarence Glubber, a member of the Kentucky Humanities Board of Directors, Charles Hunter, and Floyd Bridges. If you're a sports fan of a certain age and generation, you'll remember all three of these men for what they accomplished on the court and how they lived their lives after leaving organized sports. So gentlemen, I just want to say thank you very much for honoring us with your presence today, and I'm going to start and ask each one of you to introduce yourselves and uh, tell us a little bit about um, your playing days and what you did after that and uh, what you've been doing for the rest of your life and let's talk uh, with uh, the one uh, person who still uh, is in Glasgow uh, and that's Charles Hunter and Charlie a lot of people uh, remember you so well Uh, why don't you just tell us uh, a little bit about yourself.
3: I'd like to thank you for this uh, opportunity to be you know participate in this podcast today. I would have to admit this is my first podcast and uh, so Uh, Bear with me if if I'm not getting everything correct. You know, it's been a lot of years since I played the game. (laughs) But uh, anyway, I I initially started – well, first of all, I grew up in Glasgow, Kentucky, okay, and uh, I played my – the only sport – well, I played two sports. I I actually participated in two sports at Ralph Bunch High School here in Glasgow. Uh, I played uh, basketball and also – ran cross country uh i started playing basketball starting in 1959 to 1962 and i graduated from ralph bunch in 1962 uh i guess one would say i had a pretty good a successful career playing basketball in my high school uh uh had a lot of awards uh i guess it's one of the most memorable one that I would say would be uh, being uh, selected to play for the Kentucky All Star team against Indiana in 1962. Uh, I made. Uh, I led the uh, fifth region in scoring both my junior and senior year. Uh, I was also East West All Star. Uh, I had received a number of scholarships coming out of Bunch. Uh, In 1962, which was, I would have to say during that time, Bill, was somewhat unheard of for uh, an African-American to receive probably uh, a number of uh, Division I offers to go to college to play basketball and to get an education. Uh, I was fortunate enough to get a number of offers from a number of uh, major uh, uh, Division I schools. And I will mention some of those being uh, the University of Louisville. I was uh tad as the first African-American to be recruited to play basketball at the University of Louisville. I had a teammate by the name of Jerry Wells, who was also an outstanding player. He was a year ahead of me. He graduated in 1961 and did not receive uh, very many offers to go to school. And I think one offer he might have received was to go to school at the Kentucky State uh, University. Uh, it was with Kentucky State College at that time, but it's now university. Uh, he did not want to go to Kentucky State. So he stayed around Glasgow and played in what they call the Independent League. And uh, pretty much uh, that year, most of that year, he, he just stayed around. And uh, when I graduated in 1962, uh, we both went to uh, went up and talked with the coaches there at L, and they indicated to Jerry that they could not offer him a scholarship. We both wanted to go to school together and play ball, you know, like we did in high school. So we wanted to take that to another level and go to college and play as well. So it kind of made up my mind to uh, decide that I would go, And I received an offer from Oklahoma City University, which was one of the schools, along with uh, Cincinnati, uh, uh, Bradley University, believe it or not, uh, Vanderbilt University during that time might have been unheard of to be thinking about going and playing in the SEC. Uh, Mary State, I would probably be one of the first African-Americans to play at Mary State, it was uh, Kansas University. So these are just just a few of the schools uh, which I considered were you know were major uh, schools that are still prevalent today, you know, as uh, top basketball programs. Uh, so I decided, along with Jerry, we decided to uh, to go to Oklahoma City University and play for Coach Abe Lemons, who was a very legendary coach. Uh, in Oklahoma, and also later uh, became, uh, I guess, one of the first coaches, basketball coaches, to really get Texas University on the, uh, on the uh, scene, on the radar as being one of the top basketball schools at Texas, the Longhorns. So uh, Jerry and I, uh, we both uh, played four years at Oklahoma University, Oklahoma City University, I'm sorry, and uh, we were both fortunate enough to uh, Jerry and I both All-Americans there. Uh, and uh, we participated in three. Uh, we were not able to play varsity ball until our sophomore year. So we were able to play three years varsity basketball uh, and uh, also participated in NCAA tournaments all three of our varsity years at, at a at a, at a, very top level, uh, a senior year, uh, we met, uh, Texas Western who you might remember, uh, uh, beat Kentucky UK in the uh, championship game in NCAA in 1966. And, uh, and, uh, we met Texas Western in first round in NCAA. And, uh, I guess they gave us our exit as well. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but we, had a, we both had a very good career, and I think we opened the door for a lot of the other uh, young men that follow, followed us to Oklahoma City from Ralph Bunch, and I'll let Floyd talk to you about that. And Jerry and I were both fortunate enough to be drafted in the NBA. He was drafted uh, second round by uh, Cincinnati Royals, and I was drafted by the Boston Celtics uh, fifth round. And uh both attempted to play. I had an ankle injury that sidelined me where I wasn't able to continue my career in, at, at the NBA level. And Jerry was unfortunately drafted by the arms armed services that uh, pretty much interfered with him continuing his uh, rookie year at Cincinnati. so uh that's kind of uh kind of the you know, uh, short and long of my starting my career and ending in my career uh, uh, as far as playing basketball. I had some opportunities to also to play in the ABA that did not turn out well. I, I was with the Kentucky Colonels for a short time, and uh, but unfortunately I didn't, I didn't make the team. But uh, I felt that, you know, that I had good opportunities to, uh, to do what I always wanted to do uh when you we know i was growing up is to play at the nba level
2: Charlie. just very quickly tell us a little bit about what you did after after ball um your professional life and and when you uh then returned to glasgow
3: okay uh bill i after playing basketball and after college uh uh as i mentioned i played for uh the boston celtics for a short time i uh, I was able to start with them, uh, and, and also uh, to start the uh, exhibition season prior, and to the time that uh, when the ankle injury just got to the point where I could no longer uh, participate. After, uh, after uh, <clears throat> leaving the Celtics, I had a had a, a contract to play for the. Uh, Hartford Caps, which uh, was the uh, Eastern Professional Basketball League in Hartford, Connecticut, and I went there for about a couple of weeks or so. Attempted to try to play and just just couldn't go. Bill, the injury uh, I learned later that I had torn ligaments in my ankle that uh, did not I couldn't didn't recover until maybe a year later after going through some therapy with that ankle. Uh, I started my professional career outside. Uh, of uh, basketball uh, in uh, academics. I was uh, started out as a teacher and basketball coach at the Atterbury Job Course Center, right outside of Indianapolis, there, down at uh, Atterbury, pretty close to Columbus, Indiana. Uh, I spent about, uh, I would say, probably about 10 years plus working in uh, education and coaching. Uh, I coached the basketball team, uh, probably about three or four years there. And after about 10 or plus years, I decided I want to look, take a look at another career. So I decided to look at industry and was fortunate enough to, uh, to receive an offer to go to work for Cummins diesel engine company there in Columbus, Indiana, and spent about six years working in human resources uh, as a human resources uh, representative. And uh, later accepted another job working for Olin Corporation down in Lake Charles, Louisiana, as an employment supervisor and recruiter. Uh, I uh, The time that I started to work for Olin Corporation, uh, things went pretty rough in the uh, Gulf Coast area. You might remember when the petrochemical and chemical industries all hit rock bottom during that time. And I was working for Olin, which was a chemical plant at that time with about 1300 employees. And uh, they uh, reduced that their staff probably about three, maybe about three or 400 employees. And I was mainly doing the recruiting for that facility. So as a recruiter and you're no longer hiring, you know what happens after that. Uh, So I was, I stayed in Lake Charles probably for about three years. My oldest daughter, Annetta Hunter, graduated there in in Lake Charles. And uh, I have a younger daughter by the name of Nicole Hunter. And uh, she was relatively young. I think she was in elementary school during that time. I was in Lake Charles. I, uh, after, uh, uh, for a short time, I stayed in Lake Charles, uh, and after my daughter graduated, we relocated back to Glasgow, and I was probably here in Glasgow for about a month or so before I received an offer to go to work for Mhart Corporation. You might have been, you might remember, uh, m uh, uh, which was a parent company of, uh, the capacitor company here in Glasgow, uh, the name of, uh, I'm trying to remember, you might help me out if you can remember that company that was here.
2: Uh, would it have been Tyson? Uh,
3: no. no, not, um, not
2: Tyson. Gosh, I, uh, I've forgotten those two, Charlie. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah. It, they made capacitors yeah. here. Uh, but anyway, uh, it was uh, under that umbrella uh, at uh, m Hart And I went to work for them uh, at their corporate office there in Farmington, Connecticut. As a as employment manager at the corporate office there, and uh, I'm going to say probably I, I I made a lot of moves Bill during that time because if you wanted to uh, probably get promotions during that time you had to you had to move and uh, a lot of times you had to take you know take different jobs different companies to do that uh, to get promotions. So, uh, and then that was a pretty rough time during the early eighties too, uh, with what was going on in, you know, as far as the uh, world economy, Uh, a lot of layoffs here in America. And, uh, unfortunately I was a victim of a lot of those layoffs Working working for, you know, uh, Fortune 100 companies here in, in, in America and, uh, uh, leaving, uh, after three years with, uh. Emhart Corporation, uh, uh, Black and Decker, Black and Decker, uh, bought them out. And uh, usually, you know, when a company buy another company out, if you had at the corporate office, you're probably going to be on that list to be leaving. So unfortunately, I was. <laughs> so uh, then I'm, all, I'm looking for another job and uh, was fortunate enough to work for Vecto uh, uh, Corporation, Uh, which was doing the big dig there in Boston. You might might have heard something about the big dig is when the central artery tunnel was being uh, constructed there in Boston. And I went to work uh, uh, as an employment manager uh, during the startup period for uh, Bechtel Corporation and uh, spent about a year there in Boston. And uh, after the startup, uh, they had some layoffs and, uh, and I, re- I decided at that time, Bill, to relocate back to Glasgow. So I came back to Glasgow in, uh, 1993 and, uh, and worked for, uh, for a little while. Uh, I worked for the, uh, Great Onyx Job Corps Center after coming back here, uh, and, uh, And I'm on the move again, left Job Corps, left Great Onyx, went to work for uh, Whitney Young Job Corps Center in Simpsonville, uh, Kentucky, right outside of Louisville. Spent about two years or so with them and came back to Glasgow. And uh, my last position before I retired was with uh, Western Kentucky University, Glasgow campus. And I worked there for about six years as an academic advisor. And retired and went fishing for about a couple of years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, gentlemen, um, we're going to take a quick pause right now for our underwriter at Spalding University.
0: At Spalding University's School of Creative and Professional Writing, students develop mastery of the writing skills, highly prized in today's workplace, including arts and humanities organizations, government agencies, Corporations, and small businesses. A professional writing student will explore opportunities writing for trade and consumer media, including reviews, profiles, interviews, and articles for sports, food, travel, health and science, and other publications. Learn more at spaldingedu schoolofwriting or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu.
2: Uh, Floyd Bridges, why don't uh, you tell us a little bit about yourself?
1: Yes, uh, first of all, thank you, Bill, for, for having us on, and it's uh, it's also a privilege to be around these legends, uh, Charlie and, and and Clarence. Also, we all kind of played together, kind of grew up together, and uh, really had a good time. And I guess, Bill, my biggest thing was uh, we kind of, I kind of followed in the footsteps of Charles. You know he was uh, the the um, the uh, big hero at Ralph Bunch high school and um, um, his uh, many sports accolades kind of motivated me and 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 some other uh, young men to um, to pursue basketball and um, uh, Charles that we we grew up together we, we lived on the same street probably about a couple of doors down from each other so you know in essence he was probably my idol in basketball. And once I saw his accomplishments, then I wanted to, to have those uh, same accolades and, and, and those accomplishments on, on my resume, uh, per se. Um, the, I guess the significant thing after Charlie left to um, go to Oklahoma in 62, then I guess the team was left up to me to, to, to be the main star or whatever. And uh, so we have the privilege of working with some younger guys and um, – uh, I guess our biggest achievement was winning the 19th district tournament in 1964. And as you know, um, Ralph Bunch, that was the last year of, of existence for Ralph Bunch high school. So it, it was kind of good to go out on a, on, on a positive note, something that all the great teams of Ralph Bunch never accomplished. And so I was fortunate to to have uh uh, uh, I guess that milestone in 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 uh, in, in 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 my resume probably. Uh, also followed uh, Charlie to to Oklahoma City, which was a, a Division One, and um, I, I also played on the East West All Star game in in Lexington, and I had a lot of uh, scholarship offers. I won't go into all of those, but uh, I was um, mainly wanting to just go to college. I think that was my main motivation. And and to and to get an education to to basically just kind of um, uh, raise my standard of living or whatever. When you kind of grew up, you had a tremendous community support in Glasgow. Um, everybody was, was wanting what was best for you, and so you, you kind of come under that umbrella that you didn't want to really let anyone down. And so at that particular time, um, I think uh, Charlie and Jerry had had set the pace for 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 athletics and so like I said my main purpose was just going to college get an education and uh, come out into the world. Uh, I had my my secret admiration was to to become an astronaut believe it or not uh, Bill but you know I, I grew like six five and so they didn't have the spatial wasn't large enough for me to, <laughs> to fit in so I had to I had to change my perspective and, and my whole career or whatever. But that was my really aspirations and, and even today I kind of follow the the uh the the space news and, and kind of keep up with that and whatever. Um uh, after I went to Oklahoma City uh, I had the uh, the privilege of playing with Jerry and Charles I was the sophomore and when they was a senior so I had we had the privilege of playing at the uh, 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 Texas Western particular game that, that we got eliminated from Oklahoma City, and then after that, um, I, I continued my education and um, uh, graduated from Oklahoma City University in 1968, and um, uh, which was a major accomplishment. My uh, the first fam- the first member of my family that graduated from college, so that was a, a, a tremendous accomplishment back then. Um, after that, then I also followed Charlie once again, going to Edinburgh Job Course Center where I was a, a health instructor there and, and spent some time there and also became an academic counselor there. Um, I stayed there a few years and then I came into um, the, the school public school system in Indianapolis, which was Wayne Township. And there I became a guidance counselor, uh, got my master's degree, uh, from Indiana University and and pursued the, the academic life. Um, and I guess my uh, aspiration was to just to kind of give back to young people what so many people had given to me and uh, uh, to help them out and guide them so they could have a, a successful life and, and a successful career in anything that they chose and, and opportunities. At that time, opportunities was really opening up for uh, uh, African American males at that particular time, so I was fortunate to um, to uh, get into the the Indianapolis public school system, and um, uh, I was hired by Wayne Township, which is um, at that time they had the desegregation was was coming in, and so um, they they hired me. And I was also a counselor, and I had the uh, opportunity to give back to some. Young kids, uh, the the my expertise in, in 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 basketball, and I found it a, a whole lot different being a coach as as compared to being a player. So that was that was a tremendous learning experience. Uh, my career ended up at Ben Davis High School, which is the largest high school in in Indiana, and as a guidance counselor, and I spent about ten years there. And uh, also once again to. Um, Develop college potential uh, kids and to to get them at, at the next level. Uh, after that, uh, I've, I've retired and I've, I, I guess I, I've been in Indiana for about forty plus years. Um, I, I, I've only planned to stay about a couple of years, and, and so I've, I've ended up being in Indiana and in Memphis, particularly for forty some years. And uh, so then I've, I've retired from Ben Davis High School as an as a, a academic counselor, and I also had the chance to do some administrative work. So I've really come full circle from a student to a player to a, a, a coach to an administrator to a guidance counselor, and right now I'm, I'm present, retired, and, and, and uh, waiting on March Madness, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> right there in Indianapolis. Right? Right in Indianapolis. Exactly.
2: Floyd, who was on that 19th uh, uh, regional uh, championship team uh, with you?
1: Well, we had, uh, uh, I think, uh, Charlie and, and uh, Jerry had, had already graduated. So we had Alonzo Well, Billy Joe Webb. Well, uh, we had uh, uh, Milton Depp. I think he's passed away now. And we had uh, Jerry Childress. He, he's still there. And uh, so... And we, we beat our nemesis, which was Allen County, which that, that was a, a celebration within itself. <laughs> yeah.
2: Now was was, uh, let me, let's see, 64. Uh, McDaniels was on that team, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, well, he was a freshman. Okay. I think that was he came, he came to, uh, he went to initial, he and Rick Starks went to Scottsville, and then they transferred to Allen County, I think, and then Rick came back to to Scottsville. and so uh, he was he was a freshman so I didn't get to play against him that much which were, which was probably good because he was about uh six nine or six eight uh, uh, at that particular time in 1964 so he grew to be about seven foot so uh that, that was probably a good bypass I guess Bill. <laughs> Clarence Glover,
2: uh, you've had a, a storied uh, career and, and uh, a story uh, to tell just very briefly, because I do wanna leave some time to talk about the booklet. Uh, uh, tell us um, uh, where you were when these gentlemen were, were playing ball and, and uh, where you played and then uh, your uh, fortune uh, that you discovered at, at Western and then beyond that.
4: Thanks, Bill. Uh, as you said very briefly, one very quick thing, I just want to go back. You mentioned to Floyd about 19th uh, region. There are only 16 regions in Kentucky. Floyd was mentioned in the 19th district was what he actually meant. One of the things, too, is that uh, Charles Big Game Hunter, I had heard about him as I go into a little bit about, about me. Uh, but I never got to see him play, but I knew he was great. Floyd Bridges, actually, I knew about him, but I met Floyd when I became the first black assistant principal in Wayne Township, Floyd was a counselor at another middle school in Wayne Township. So I spoke with the principal and said, would it work if uh, if we had Floyd Bridges to come over as a guidance counselor with me being the only black administrator, or assistant principal in the entire school district? uh, Would it be looked upon as too many black, males in this one school now the tough thing is that i actually had to ask that question it is it is interesting but i did ask the question he checked it out and he said it's fine with me let's offer floyd the job so i'll move from that but floyd and i worked together in wayne township uh school district at fourth junior high school uh in the 1980s as i move very quickly back through me i i grew up in horse cave kentucky I attended the Horse Cave Colored School for up to the fourth grade, and, and we were one of the first school districts to integrate. So in fifth grade, I went into Caverna Independent School District, and that's where I met my mentor, Mr. Ralph Dorsey, who was the superintendent of schools, the basketball coach, and the baseball coach. I spent the years through high school at Caverna High School. I was fortunate enough to to play in the regional tournament the district tournament. I was named uh, an All-American, All-State, first-team All-State, and made all the other teams from All-Conference, All-Area, those type things. I attended Western Kentucky University. And as Mr. Hunter said, freshmen could not play in those years uh, on the varsity. So I played the varsity grades 10, uh, sophomore through senior. Along with my um, high school nemesis, who became my college teammate, Jim McDaniels. And Jim and I ended up going to West Kentucky University because he was actually the person behind wanting us to go to West Kentucky University, as he and I played in the Kentucky All-Star Games together. And Mac, as I called him, said to the other guys that it would be great if we all went to the same school. Uh, Initially, I held out, and then I then agreed. So it ended up that Jim McDaniels, Clarence Glover, uh, Jim Rose from Hazard, Jerome Perry from DuPont Manual in Louisville, Kentucky, uh, and Jerry Walsh from St. Xavier went to West Kentucky University. We felt that we could win a national championship there. Uh, Long story short on that, it did not happen. But our sophomore year, we met we did not even make the NIT, so we were a little disappointed in, in our performances. Junior year, we did much better, and I'll point out that we never, we'd only senior class that never lost a game in Dill Arena. We won every game for four years, even our freshman year in Dill Arena. So we, uh, we went to the National Tournament and met Jacksonville and Artis Gilmore in the very first game, the first round of the tournament. Uh, When we walked into the gymnasium, and of course, as as Bill knows, Gilmore and I became friends after uh, college years, Um, I saw artist Gilmore at the other end of the court, and he had an interesting haircut with an afro, uh, kind of pork chop sideburns, and a little bit of a goatee that added to his height. And my gosh, he, he was, my goodness, he was, was the most formidable looking opponent that I could think of. Our assistant coach, Buck Sidner, said to me, Clarence, when you saw Artist Gilmore, you turned pale and looked sick. And, and I said to Coach Sidner, Coach, if I turned pale, I was sick, you know, but. <laughs> I, my assignment was to guard Artist Gilmore, and of course, uh, no one could really contain artists, uh, one person, anyhow. So they, they beat us, and they went on to play, uh, of course, UK and the other schools and end up in the finals of the NCAA tournament against, NCAA, against UCLA. Senior year, we came back, we played them in Louisville, Kentucky, Freedom Hall, and we beat them. Uh, and so then, we got matched up with them at the end of the year, uh, first round again in the national tournament. They had us down to 17 points in the first half, 14 points going in at halftime. People turning off the televisions. They cut off their their te- uh, radios. This is actually what happened. And um, they gave up on us. Long story short, again, we, we came back. We won the game on a last-second impromptu Play that I call the shoestring play, where I scored the final two points and we won and, and we won the game. And Artis, of course, has forgiven me. Number one, I was number one draft choice of the Boston Celtics. Um, and had the pleasure and privilege to, to participate in, and be a Boston Celtic, play play in Boston Garden. I even had the opportunity to coach in golf Boston Garden as a high school basketball coach. I I got my bachelor's degree in Western Kentucky, my master's degree at at Boston State. uh, I did my postgraduate studies at uh, Butler University in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I did my uh, doctoral work at IU and did not complete the doctorate there because I ran out of money. Uh, Finishing this up, I uh, was a teacher, administrator, principal assistant principal principal assistant superintendent and retired in 2013 i will still be inducted into the kentucky high school basketball hall of fame on may 15 2021 we're a class of 2020 but the pandemic has not allowed us to be inducted yet officially we're officially we officially in but we have to be publicly inducted in may 15 2021
2: Well, uh, congratulations uh, uh, once again, Clarence. And uh, for those of you who are interested in hearing more about uh, Clarence, uh, we did a podcast a few weeks ago, and that's up on our website, and it's uh, on SoundCloud and iTunes. It's a fascinating story. And you will hear the almost second-by-second account of the the last second shot, uh, which is uh, worth the price of admission to hear uh, Clarence uh, relive that uh, once again for all of us. We we live it with him. Thanks to the men for sharing their stories. In part two of the podcast next week, we'll hear more from them and the booklet they have put together regarding voices of the segregated past. For Kentucky Humanities, I'm Bill Goodman.
1: Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.